0: I hope you guys are doing well. Welcome to TV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And um, uh, today I wanted to talk about something that I know is controversial. I know that some of you are going to have a lot of different opinions about this, but you have to be honest about it. Um, Coach Prime is is kind of getting his, his ass kicked. Um, <laughs> I, I, that, that's the nicest way to say it. Uh, but, uh, let me tell you, uh, it's been messy for the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, the honeymoon is officially over and, uh, and there's a lot going on, uh, sports wise that I wanted to break down for you. So I reached out to my buddy, uh, the, what I call, I call him Lil, young Stephen A. I'm not gonna call him little <laughs> Stephen A. Cause ain't nothing little about big Jeff Lighty Jr. <laughs> and, uh, Jeff is, is uh, is, is fast becoming one of the most respected sports commentators on this planet. And so I want to say what's up to Jeff. How you doing today, man?
1: Hey, I am doing good, Dr. Boyce. Thank you, as always, for having me on.
0: I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad you're here. So, uh, yeah, so let me just ask you this. Let's just start with this. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has been following Colorado in their journey. And I know a lot of us were interested in seeing what was going to go on with Colorado. Uh, give me a yes in the chat if you've been paying attention. Uh, but I, tell me, was was I being harsh when I said that Coach Prime and Colorado are basically getting their ass kicked at this point? I mean, am I? Am I is that an exaggeration? What would you say to that?
1: No, no, that's that's about right. It's actually 100 percent accurate because not only are they like actually losing the games, but physically they're getting bullied out there in the field. Specifically, his son, Shador Sanders, the quarterback. I mean, he's just getting smacked around each and every single week because of the lack of talent that they have at the offensive line going against some of the really good teams in the country.
0: Really? Okay. Okay. So, uh, okay. So they, you know, let me say this. I I watched some of the games. I haven't watched a lot of them in their entirety. So, uh, you know, you're, you're the sports expert. So I know you you watch it in detail and you and I were talking and, um, it looks to me like, you know, like, like what he did you, you said this earlier and I I want you to kind of elaborate on this. Mm -hmm. You mentioned to me earlier when we were talking that it looks like, you know, he's thinking that maybe some of the stuff he did at Jackson state, was going to work at Colorado, and he's finding that that's not translating. And when you said that comment, it reminded me of when – anybody remember. I don't know if anybody remembers uh, the Kentucky Celtics. Do you remember the the Kentucky Celtics era? Nah, I'm too young for the Kentucky Celtics. I don't know if if you're old enough to remember this or not, but let me tell you about the Kentucky Celtics era. I encourage you to Google it. So here's what happened. Rick Pitino in the 90s won championships with the University of Kentucky. They were unstoppable. I think they went to the championship game three years in a row. They won twice. So what Rick did was he got this big, fat contract to go to the NBA. And when he went to the NBA, he brought like three or four guys from his championship team in Kentucky to the NBA. And he was thinking, if I played with these same dudes, run the same offense, <laughs> the same everything, uh, then we can win. And and, and what the mistakes that the, 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 the Celtics made was that because Patino was such a hot coach in college. <clears throat> They gave him a blank check. They made him the general mm. manager and the coach, so he could he, he gave himself a blank check on anything he wanted to do. So, uh, so literally, if you go to Boston right now and you talk to anybody who remembers that Patino era at Boston, they will get pissed. At you. They might punch you in the face because they are <laughs> so mad at Rick Patino. Because they said basically he's destroyed the organization and ruined them so badly in terms of bad contracts they were locked into for like, that they couldn't get back on their feet for like another ten or fifteen years after. So that's mm-hmm. why I say Kentucky Celtics as a sports fan, I think you should yeah. look that up right? because yeah. it was a, it, it sounded logically like it would work, but it didn't actually work in practice. So I'm wondering if Coach Prime did the same thing, kind of like I said I'm gonna take the Jackson State model, apply it to Colorado, the same swag, same talk, same everything, and I'm gonna be able to win at this higher level. What do you think?
1: Well, there's some truth to that, uh, simply because the, for him, that model was just not necessarily just all the exact same players from Jackson State, a ton of them, JSU, but the transfer portal model. You know, Prime essentially revamped and restructured the entire Jackson State football team via the transfer portal, but doing it with guys that played at one level and then that came down to play to, at another level. And so you, you almost had, to some people's eyes, an advantage. And it worked out a ton for him as an advantage because he didn't didn't... didn't lose very many games (laughs) like like he didn't lose pretty much at all while he was there with that model the only difference is at this level meaning the colorado level the pac-12 level the power five level everybody's using transfers and everybody has the same access to those transfers that you have and they can go out and get better transfers than the guys that you brought in now, at the beginning, the thing is, it was kind of fool's gold at the beginning when Colorado started off like three and zero, right? They beat TCU, and that's what got everybody hyped. But even in the convention that they beat TCU forty-five to forty-two, you saw that there was some major flaws, even in those early wins—the win against TCU, the win against Nebraska. Nebraska wasn't a very good team. The win against Colorado State—you went in the double overtime, but you won. So you started off like three and zero, and it got a lot of people hyped, and not just the fact that you start off three and zero you started off 3 and 0 with like 8 9 10 million people watching your games like till still to this day out of the top 10 games played in college football this year colorado has 4 of them think about wow. that colorado has 4 of the top 10 most watched games this entire year that's more than pretty much anybody else like nobody else has more than two Colorado has four so that includes Ohio State Alabama Michigan like these teams with massive uh, alumni bases with massive uh, football fans football craze massive history Colorado was just is right up there with more people watching their games and so you take that, and this is still a flawed product, and you have it in a very, very tough conference. That's the issues that they're running into. Like the Pac 12, although this is like the last year of its existence, it has like really, really good teams. Oregon, Washington are really good. Uh, Oregon State's really good. Washington State has had a solid team. UCLA is ranked. USC, albeit uh, they're not the best team, they're still ranked. You know, like, so there's a lot of really good teams in that conference. And you have Prime's team who just in the trenches aren't there yet. And and when it comes to in the trenches, I mean the offensive-defensive line, specifically the offensive line. And you add that to the fact that their style of play, meaning they just want to throw the ball over the field, they don't even attempt to run the ball, it's going to make for a long year when you really don't have that good of linemen Uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And now what I was telling you about some of the things that we found uh, humorous, some of the things that we found entertaining, some of the things that he would say that we'd find like, man, only Coach Prime can get away with saying he really was in his element when he was at Jackson state doing those things. And then he brought those things over to Colorado and it still was great because they were winning. But see, now when you do some of those things and you're losing, the same thing that made people smile will make you cry, meaning you're saying that you're being the same person you were when you were winning. Very open, very honest, very blunt. And now you're doing that and people are aiming criticism towards you because some of the latest comments is making its waves around social media is the criticism of his offensive line. They said, hey, Coach Prime, what can you do as a coach? What can you guys do as a coaching staff to try to help keep Shador safe? And he's like, basically, ain't nothing we can do. We just got to get new guys. (laughs) We just got to get new guys, which to us is like, he's right. You know what I mean? He is right. They're going to have to get new guys. It is very entertaining. It's very blunt. It's very honest. But the problem is, we're three-quarters of the way through the season. You can't Mm. get new guys till after the season. Those same guys that you're basically saying won't be here next year still have to finish the season and are still responsible for keeping your son upright still responsible for keeping your son, son safe, still responsible for blocking for your son and playing for this team and your, you know, the team that you coach. And that may not be the best approach when those guys have to walk into a meeting room and when those guys have to go out there and practice and when you're asking them to continue to sacrifice and, and put their bodies on the line and you're basically saying, yeah, do it for four, four or five more games and then you're getting up out of here because I'm going to get the guys that I need uh, to come <laughs> help my son and come help my football team. And that's not the best approach for a coach during the season.
0: Right. Well, by the way, everybody, I'm talking to Jeff Lachey Jr. from Ball Sports, and we're talking about Coach Prime and uh, what appear to be difficulties with Coach Prime. Now, mind you, I'm a big fan of Coach Prime. I actually have – Jeff, I got one jersey. Mm-hmm. I only have one side <laughs> jersey on my wall, and that's actually a Deion Sanders jersey when he played for the Cowboys, and it's autographed. I won it in an auction, and I, I paid some money for it, and and I'm proud of it because he's he's one of the greatest players of all time. I admire him as a man. Bob. I didn't like I wish he would stayed at Jackson State because I, I like when black people get ownership of the things that that give us wealth. But whatever, you know, I, I still respect him, And uh, and I think that, though, that there is a conversation to be had in terms of 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 the difference in expectations. Right. I think in the beginning of the season, the the goal was like, OK, you know, they were one and 11 last year. So even even two and ten. Would be an improvement, right? Did they even yes. you know, just just eh, winning, yeah. winning two or three or, or three <laughs> and ten, four yeah. and 10 would be you know four or four and eight or whatever would be a yeah. miracle, right? Uh, and, and, and then what happened was that they beat TCU. Here's what happened. Here, here's how I saw it. They beat TCU, uh, who was ranked in the top twenty at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody went crazy. Oh my god! He, you know he's turning around. He's the miracle man. Uh, and and, he, and 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 all the hype that was already there at Colorado, it just got compounded. And it was
1: the way they beat TCU, too. Like, their stars looked like stars. The guys, that he almost looked like Nostradamus. He kept telling us Travis Hunter is one of the best players in the country. And in that TCU game, he has an interception. He catches a bunch of passes. He keeps telling us, my son is one of the best players in the country. In that TCU game, he throws for 500 yards. So it's not just the fact that they won against TCU. It's the way they won and their stars looked like stars against TCU. That set them on a different stratosphere. Uh, to, to start the season it, it made people kind of recalibrate honestly too much for what this team actually was. I said before the season if they got the six and six it'd be successful. when they beat TCU people start talking about nine and ten wins and it's like no 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 this mm. is still the same team that would be a success at six and six mm. that people now think should be a nine10 win team. no 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 it's still a six and six team that just happened to play like a 10 and two team that day. But it's still a six and six type of team. And now at four and four, they're on pace to be
0: six and six. <laughs> see, see, here's the thing I'm, I'm going to tell you why, as you were speaking, I looked up TCU. And I think that that win was fool's gold. I think that mm, was because teams, awesome. get, teams get misranked sometimes at the beginning of the year because they don't really Always. know how good they actually are. They just speculate. TCU yes. at that time was ranked number 17 in the country. Yes. Now I think that they're four and four they are yes. i think they're like 2 and 4 in their conference or something crazy like that so they're not a good team mm-hmm. they're not a good team right so they beat a mediocre team that we thought was a good team which made us think that Colorado could be a great team and then they had that great game with Colorado State that went down to the wire triple overtime and all that which made Colorado State look like you know like they could have won the Super Bowl but Colorado <laughs> State, they suck
1: no, they're they, not very hey, good.
0: Nebraska. Nebraska sucks no, last Nebraska's time I checked. Right. So, so so when they finally go up again, so here's what's happening the whole time they become like an inflated stock. That's mm. what they do. They, they become this, this overpriced stock where and it's not really totally their fault. They but now remember though, they did they do feed into it, right? There's a whole oh. time swag and, and be legendary and should do showing his watch after the games and all that. <laughs> right? and that's nice, that's gonna build up hype. But just remember that, that haters love hype. Haters Absolutely. are attracted to hype the way flies are attracted to shit. Like, you know, so basically they get to Oregon and the guys at Oregon are sitting here like these are real <laughs> football players now, right? Like these guys are like, – you know, they, they they're grinding without the shine, right? They're grinding in the dark. and But these guys – I maybe you can – the, you're the sports guy, but I'm a football fan and, and Oregon is legit, right? So Oregon's like – okay, well, you know, let's, why don't we get on national TV and see how good you really are. And they get splattered. I mean, absolutely just, I mean, get the shit kicked out of them. And, 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 and it was like an extra oomph because Oregon was so annoyed by all of the false attention that was put on to Colorado. And then it it seemed to me, Jeff, and you can tell me if you're, if I'm right, but it seemed to me that things kind of went downhill after that, where you started seeing these really weird things. Like, like you're up twenty nine nothing against Stanford and you blow mm. the lead. It's rare that a team can give away a twenty nine nothing lead. Like that's 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 rare. I mean that rarely happens in sports. And then uh and there's some of these other games. So it's almost uh, kind of sad to see because here's the thing. If you go back to the original expectation that you were simply going to be better than the one eleven you were last year, then they look that then they're shining. They're they're doing great. Four and four. That's a beautiful record. Uh, with the old expectation. Number two, Coach Prime has still made this school at least three to four hundred million dollars, which far exceeds the five million dollars <laughs> they're paying him. This is this is a quarter billion dollars in black wealth that they took from y'all, by the way. Because I think this money should be at an HBCU, but whatever. We'll talk about that later. But at the same time, it's almost like they're kind of in this state where now that people are seeing that this really isn't a great team, uh, that that they, that that all this hype was not, you know, really warranted. Uh, it almost also changes how people view the behavior. Like like you can't speak the same way as the coach mm. when you are the guy that looks like your son's about to win the Heisman, you about to win the national championship versus the coach who's four and four. How how do you think that's kind of changed for, for Coach Prime of the team? And what are you seeing there?
1: Well, it so there's, there's a couple of things there. One, I think the... and his team, like he's been on very good teams as far as at the professional level. He's watched very good teams at the collegiate level. He covered the NFL for 15 years. So he knows what a good football team looks like. He knows what a special and elite football team looks like, whether it's dependent on the level or whatever. So I think in all reality, he understood, him and his staff understood, we don't have that great of a football team. But that's not the brand that I'm selling. Like, that's not who I am. I can't go out and say that. Because I'm Deion Sanders. I'm prime time. I have to, I ain't never back down from a challenge. I ain't never said that somebody else was better than me or whatever, even if they might actually be. So I have to build it up. And I've got cameras around me and I shoot documentaries all the time. And I got every endorsement deal in the world when it comes to football coaches. Like, let me ask you this, Doc. Have you seen any other football coaches on commercials like you see Deion Sanders? Like, he's got the one commercial with Nick Saban. But outside of that, he's got Oikos and KFC, him and his whole family does the KFC thing, and then they like so he's got a brand. You, mean? you mean
0: black people selling chicken, black people dancing for chicken? <laughs> that, that's that's a, that that's new. That I've never seen that before. MC Hammer 30 years ago, MC Hammer had a a KFC commercial he was dancing for chicken too. I guess that, but I'm playing, I'm being silly, I was being a hater right there, but no, I, I'm happy for him, right? You know, and and I'm sure Colorado's you know feeding them a little bit of extra money for. Uh, for the growth in ticket sales and all that he gets a percentage of that. However, it's not, uh, the, the, you know, the real winner, the real winner in all this really is is white folks like they're going to make probably 100 times more than, mm. than Dion and the black community will make. And I think that that, you know, one of the reasons that I, I, I encourage people to be conscious of that is that you know this is one of the things that has historically happened that whenever black people have something that is profitable this is why you don't have no no money in your community really relative to white folks is that whenever you get something in your community that's actually working that's very profitable they come along and they buy it <clears throat> and then when they buy it half the black people say you know you, you should go you should sell yourself to the highest bidder because we're mm-hmm. used to that we're used to being sold we're used to being somebody else's asset instead of thinking about how we can be assets to ourselves and uh and so i think despite the fact that coach Prime's having a tough season. Um, uh, and, and I, and I, 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 I don't want to actually get back to what you said earlier about insulting his linemen. Uh, despite that coach prime, and his family going to be fine. I don't think there'll be oh, a point yeah. where there's, they're going to have some horrible downfall. Uh, I think Shador, you mentioned Shador is a great player. He could, you know, easily be uh, drafted in the first round, maybe even be the number one pick. I was surprised when you said that, but I don't doubt it because he's a great player, uh, just like his daddy. You know what I mean? That those genetics run strong. Um, but I, but I think I want to, I want to circle back to what you said earlier about how sometimes, uh, humility is it's okay to, to have some humility. I know that we all like the swag and all that. And I, and I like, I like the swag too, that primetime has, but sometimes every situation don't call for swag. Every situation don't call for being loud and boisterous. And I think that what you said about the linemen, that's Mm. a concern because I know as a father, I'd be very concerned about. The linemen that are supposed to protect my son. Remember, football is serious. People get paralyzed yeah. in football. They get brain damage in football. Like you can be injured in a major way. So, the, the linemen that are supposed to protect my son, I've just insulted them by saying, You're going to be gone next year. Absolutely. You know, and so, so that, you know, that that's like if, um, like I'll tell you, for example, I, I got security when I was at the All Black National Convention, I had a security guard. I'm always nice to my security. I I never look down at him. I never (laughs) talk shit to him. I know because that that person can decide, you know, if you're going to get hurt or not. Like they can they can Mm -hmm. easily let somebody, you know, get slipped through the cracks. And uh, and I think that with Coach Prime uh, and his speaking, I think maybe it seems to me like he's learning that you can't talk the same way. in a in a power five conference that you might have been able to talk at an HBCU. What do you think?
1: Well, to till that, it's not that you can't. You're just going to be critiqued differently. Right. You say those okay. things at Jackson State, there's going to be a sector of people that give you some criticism and they're going to be a, a, a sector. That's not to say you can just skate, skate by free, but it's going to be a sector. But they have a small voice compared to your megaphone. Right, but you say that at Colorado, see now you're not dealing with local reporters and YouTubers and bloggers. Now you're dealing with people with massive platforms, right? Massive platforms that can criticize you in ways that you just simply weren't going to get criticized at Jackson State. Hell, yeah. hey, you might have got praised for saying some of that stuff at Jackson State because black folks, one thing we always appreciate is honesty in most cases. We're going to appreciate it. We can laugh at it. We can do whatever. But as some of these other people, they're going to be like, hold on now. That's my son out there blocking for your son. That's my people that you're talking about now. This ain't this a uh, a pleasant meal anymore. This is now like you you in a different type of space. And when you say that about our folks, we gonna have something to say back. You know, we gonna have like and all of that. You mm. know, while you. You criticizing us. What about you? Now, people going to shine the mirror on you. What are you doing coaching? Why is your coaching staff lacking? Why are you guys, you, I mean, you keep talking about the old line, but what about the defense that's giving up a bunch of points? What about this? What about that? So, people are going to try to poke holes in what you're doing wrong when you're criticizing one side of the ball and when they feel like you're, you know, have some nepotism or daddy ball type of stuff going on because your sons do play on the team. And whether they're right or wrong for that, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's depending on the, uh, is depending on what lens you want to look at it through because there are things that takes place on that team and you and you kind of like hmm that probably wouldn't fly at Alabama that probably mm. wouldn't fly at Ohio State that probably wouldn't go down like that at some of the premier programs across the country and if you want to be one of these in and, and for most people what is taking place at Colorado albeit it has been successful. I mean, they've won four games as opposed to one last year has been you know, relatively successful. It's like, will that translate to when you want to be? Because right now winning four games is cool, but that ain't going to get you in a national championship game. And so if you want to compete with those programs, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Michigans of this year, Can you, will it happen in that type of style? Will that style translate to getting you a national championship? Because quite frankly, we just haven't seen it yet. And that's not to say that it won't, but we just haven't seen all the cameras, the flamboyancy, the watches, the, you know, the big braggadocious stuff actually win a title at the collegiate level in 2023. Now that's not now the U Miami, they had their style. They had swag and they was winning championships. So that's not to say that it's impossible, but in 2023, the teams that have won a lot of, a lot of games and won the titles and have been the champs. They haven't done it the way that prime's doing it. And so everybody's on pins and needles to see, will that type of flash and arrogance and bravado, translate to actual wins on the field because at first it did but now it's kind of coming back to bite you and in the new age of social media when you're calling folks out and you're doing things to young men who are in college now these are college players these aren't pros these are not professionals and you're the 50 something year old head coach you know essentially telling your guys to hit the portal but they still have to play for you the rest of the year but basically saying you got four or five more games and you're gonna be out of here how is that going to translate the rest of the season? Every Everything is is now magnified in this new day and age of social media. Because you don't think those dudes who are playing on that offense line, mamas, daddies, brothers, sisters, cousins, friends, and family calling him and say, you see what your coach said about you? They, he basically saying you ain't going to be there next year. What you got to say about that? They said, you know, his son getting killed because of you. You know what I mean? Like, how is that going to translate in that locker room? How is that going to go over in that locker room? I guess we all have to wait and see.
0: Man, you know what? <clears throat> That's real deep. By the way, everybody, I'm talking to Jeff Lacey Jr. from Ball Sports, and we're talking about Coach Prime and uh, and, and what's going on with Colorado. And uh, if you could do us a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And if you want to know what we do on this platform, uh, we, we talk about issues in the black community and uh, it is from a position of love and support, and uh, also we believe in black wealth and black power. So uh, th- these are the things that this platform stands for. Also, this this uh, content can be found on Spotify and Apple. So if you look up Voice Watkins, you can find us there. You can also follow Jeff at JLighty7. Uh, so if you want to debate sports with Jeff, he's on Twitter and and Instagram places like that all day long talking sports. So if you like sports, uh, follow him at jlightsey 7 So here's what uh, you 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 had me me thinking, man, when you were talking about. You know all this in the environment, and 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 you're right. There's a difference between being, uh, you know, extremely confident to the point where it could be defined as cocky sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't have no problem. I'm not offended by it Uh, at a black school versus doing that at a white school. Remember, you know, so 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 you would say that Mm -hmm. at Jackson the culture is different than Colorado. At Jackson you're an insider. At Colorado you're kind of an outsider. But as long as you're winning, like they love their Negroes when they're winning. They do. White people love. Just in case y'all, if you ever want to want know if white folks like you or not, they're always gonna like you if you're winning, right? But when you're <laughs> not winning anymore, the things that they may used to love about you may become things that they become annoyed of, by about you. That I'm not saying this is gonna happen with Coach Prime, right? But 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 it is interesting, right? You know when you were talking. Here's the thing: when you're a Jackson and you're in the black space and you're Coach Prime. There's a lot of hero worship, a lot of stands. There's a lot of people mm. some of them in the chat that literally will love anything Coach Prime says, anything he does. They want to literally get up underneath his testicles and rub them <laughs> on their foreheads. And because they just, they anything he says is right. Anything he does is okay. And y'all just some haters and y'all just some bad people, right? There's people like that, right? They, they, that's what some of our people do. We just, we hero worship. Black celebrities, right? You cannot ask a question without them getting offended. Oh, well, you you just y'all need to stop y'all to. Just... Okay, I get it, I get it. He's he's your daddy, fine. But but white folks, ain't, white folks don't really do that. They they're like they they're gonna look. They look at him, I think, and they're like, wow, we really are okay with all the swag and everything else, as long as you're winning, right? But but I bet you that if he had the same swag and he's not he's not winning, there are going to be some people that are going to be like, well, who's this Negro think he is? Mm. And then if he was actually having that same swag and he was actually advocating for the black community. Like, let's imagine if coach prime with all his swag is amazing. This guy is imagine if he said, you know, I looked at the statistics and your university loves to bring in black athletes. And black entertainers, but you don't hire black professors. That's racism. If he was to say something like that, he would go from being uh, you know Colorado's favorite Negro to being public <laughs> enemy number one. That's what they would do. Right? So, so they like all that as long as you're as long as you're serving their purpose. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me, does anybody else understand what I'm talking about? Right, like Muhammad Ali was not loved by 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 folks. but they, they hated that they hated you know and you know what they didn't hate ali just because he he knew he knew he was the greatest and he knew he was pretty they hated him because he advocated for black people in an unapologetic way that's what they hated about ali that's why they wanted this man dead or in jail so so with with primetime i think that you know the whole song and dance it they've always loved it they've always loved what honestly historically it's, it can be. You got to be careful with with some of that song and dance and shining and all that that comes off a little like a like a minstrel show, right? Not to say that it is, because I think Prime's deeper than that. I, I like the guy, I really do, but it, it really fits the old school minstrel show. White folks have always loved a minstrel show. They've always loved the singing, dancing, rapping Negro, right? Well, whatever. But 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 the but what I'm wondering is when Coach Prime isn't winning, uh, how are they going to feel? And then also if he ever says something that is not popular for them. I think they're gonna challenge him in just a different way. And I think that if he you know, but, but if he's a Jackson State, anything goes because he was a god at Jackson State pretty much. And, and I think that's another factor that um he may want I, I wish he maybe had thought about that a little bit more because now he's kind of in a different, just a different space. It's not. It's not really a space made for him and people like him. Because the folks at Jackson loved all that about him, and they they, they would have embraced him if he was if he was one in eleven at Jackson. They still would have loved him. I don't think that that would be true at Colorado. Uh, what do you think?
1: No, not at all. And and you also have to remember, like although Colorado, I, I mean, you put it great, and it it was you did it so well that it made like ESPN, even the ESPN people had to talk about it, like. Prime was an acquisition for Colorado, right? Like it was a, it was a merger. It's like when, when Facebook buys Instagram, that's a buy, it's a acquisition, right? You're buying that. But well, Facebook wasn't going to go broke if it didn't buy Instagram. Like it was still going to be Facebook. Meaning, meaning Colorado was still going to be a hundred million dollar university a 200 million or a billion dollar university, whatever it was without Deion Sanders. He might've added an extra billion, Right. But just to go from $1 billion to $2 billion, or to go from $6 billion to $7 billion, like I still had $6 billion or whatever it was. You added a billion and that's a big chunk. I'm not going to act like this is – but I was still going to be fine. Whereas Jackson State at, at a place like that – see, Prime took it from being worth, let's just – if we're doing just round numbers, a $10 million company to a $100 million company. It's like, whoa. So that way – so to go from $10 million to $100 million is a lot different than to go from $6 billion to $7 billion. meaning – like it, you mean a whole lot more to us. You mean because you're bringing value to us. That if you go away, a lot of that value may go away. At Colorado, if he goes away, the value to their football team will go away. But Colorado, Boulder, Colorado, is still going to be very wealthy. It's gonna it's still going to be very thriving. It's still going to be worth six, seven billion dollars, right? And so that is why the love there is never going to be the same. It could never be the same. They Even if they wanted it to be, they can't be at a place that's 96% white, at a place that was already worth billions of dollars before you ever walked in the door, at a place that had won national championships even in their football team before you ever showed up. So, like, there's no way their heroes are already made. You're coming, you're like a fly-by-night guy, and a lot of them probably think you're not going to be there very long anyway, so they're enjoying the moment. But as soon as you decide to either don't be successful on the field or decide to dip out for a better job or opportunity, they're going to throw shade and hate you too. So it's not like this is a forever thing, right? Like this is something that's going to last for a short amount of time, no matter what. Good, bad, or indifferent. Because if you were bad, it lasts a short amount of time because they fire you because that's what they do at that level. If it was good, it's going to last for a short – if it is good, and I think it will be good, it's going to last for a short amount of time because if you're that good, somebody better is going to come calling. Somebody that does fit more of your style, fit more of your speed can kind of embrace what what you bring to the table. So – and that has more money than Colorado because there's other big time schools that have more money than Colorado has. So that is why, like, this match was never a match made in heaven, it's just a match made in success. Meaning, if you bring us success, we'll all have fun until it's not fun anymore. But, like, but it's literally uh, an hourglass until he decides to leave, which I think will be after the conclusion of not this season of next season. I think you got Colorado. You got prime for two years after Shadour senior year. I think Texas A&M, Miami, Florida, somebody in the South where he's from, his neck of the woods is going to come calling. You're going to lose your coach. But,
0: well, you know what? I, I I think, I think you're right. and uh, And I think that he's right to take those offers. I think that now <clears throat> I think the thing he's going to end up having to prove, and he's a great man. So I think he's able to, uh, he's, you know, he's able to meet the challenge. I really believe that. Um, but what he's going to really have to prove is that he's a real coach that he can really coach at a high level. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think I know Jason Whitlock who, you know, you and not talked about Jason. I, <laughs> I know Jason and sometimes Jason says stuff that I agree with. Sometimes I listen, I'm like, come on, man, that, that don't even make no damn sense. But, but I know he referred to, uh, coach prime as a peewee league football coach, you know, and, uh, and said that he's, um. What do you he say? He's 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 harming Travis Hunter by padding the stats of Shador by trying Ooh. to get Shador all these passing yards. But I, I, you know, and I didn't agree with that because I, I think Shador is just a great quarterback. Yeah. But uh, but then when Jason said that uh, that Travis came back from that lacerated kidney and he said hundred and forty snaps that Travis yeah, played? yeah,
1: I think he actually played like one sixty. Yeah, that's his insane. first game back. His first game that, back, he played like yeah, that, one sixty. That's
0: snaps. insane. I mean that that's. That's crazy. I mean, what? so what do you think? How do you position that, right? We we know, like, you know, Jason, if you listen, and we know you're a hater, but at the same time, <laughs> sometimes a hater is right, though. Sometimes a hater can be right about things, and I think in this particular case, even though Jason is was saying it in, in a way that was probably a little harsh, is there any validity to some of that criticism, and, and what criticism have you heard from a football standpoint that that is quite valid about how things are being done with the team?
1: Well, well, football players, even though Jason, like, people don't realize, Jason played college football. Like, so he knows what it takes to play college football, albeit it wasn't at Colorado, but he played. He went to college on a scholarship for football. So, like, oh. he knows what he's talking about, right? And it's not just him. There's also NFL players that understand what Travis Hunter's doing, playing 100% of the snaps on offense and 100% of the snaps on defense, it's not sustainable. Like, not, like there is a reason why – people don't do that after high school. Like, that's not just because the coaches don't want them to. It's just because it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. And I think Colorado's finally realizing it because they didn't play Travis a majority of offensive snaps until, like, the second half of this game. Because now they're realizing, like, all of those snaps, one of those – one, Travis is not the biggest guy. And so playing all of those snaps, meaning – Like football is a contact sport, meaning even if you're not getting hit on all of those plays, you're getting hit on some of those plays, whether you're delivering the hits on defense or getting hit when you catch the ball on offense or getting hit when you're trying to block somebody on offense. That Mm -hmm. type of stuff wears on your body. That's why they call it the wear and tear that is wearing on your body. And so that is one thing that's detrimental. And two, at that level, you're going 100 percent, 100 miles an hour on defense, trying to cover the best receivers. And then you're going over on offense, being covered by the best corners. Once again, going 100 miles per hour, doing all you can to work to get open, doing all you can in a football game to strategize, to make plays. That is going to wear on you as well throughout the duration of the game. And what people don't always take into consideration, he's doing that at altitude. Boulder, Colorado is one of the highest elevated places in the country, meaning your lungs like that is wearing on your body. Travis is not from Colorado. He is from Florida. He's from Georgia. Like, so going to that altitude, playing that many snaps, Shannon Sharp, a guy who played in Denver, who is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, spoke about how tough that is. That is why Olympians go to Colorado to train. That's not by accident. They don't go there because it's just so beautiful, even though it is. They go there because it's at altitude, because it gives you the best a possible way to be in shape so when you go to these places that are on flat land you are in better endurance but playing in altitude each and every single week on both sides of the ball it's it's way past building your endurance now you're mm-hmm. just wearing yourself out <laughs> now you're just wearing wow. yourself out so that is also okay. something that you have to take into consideration that just makes it entirely too difficult and so sometimes you're going to have clunkers like when you give up 300 yards to the young man at Stanford because you mm. are worn out from playing both sides of the ball. Travis Hunter, that game, people forget, had 11 catches, 140 yards, and two touchdowns. But then he gets on defense. He's going crazy on offense, but he gets on defense, he's getting cooked because he's working like a mm. madman on offense. So it, it, wow. it's very difficult
0: to do. That's that's so interesting you say that, man. I, that's, that's a good – that that's really good analysis I mean you know because I didn't when travis took that terrible hit didn't he injure his lung or something like the way he got hit I bet that had I, I'm imagining the lungs were right there like the way yeah, he was, it was right in the I chest hit, they
1: said it was a lacerated liver. Uh, or lacerated liver so that is where the official injury was from but when you're getting hit in your chest yeah yeah, yeah you, I, that looks like a hit to the chest well absolutely. what i mean i
0: know the liver might have got hit too but you, you're right i mean so you're you're at altitude and you, your your lungs are not a hundred percent because you just literally got hit that hard and that's crazy man i i think um that's that's an interesting point that you make about that you know in terms of uh of of kind of taking something that worked at one level and thinking it's going to work at the next level. And that's where I use that Kentucky Celtics analogy. And I, I really, it's a sports guy, man. I think you're going to enjoy reading and watching a few videos about how Rick Pitino totally fucked up the Boston Celtics by, by bringing all of his college players that he won mm-hmm. championships with. And he didn't <laughs> just bring the same players. He brought the same system. And the NBA guys are like, this is a joke. I, what would have played? I think he had Antoine Walker, Ron Mercer, Tony Delt, uh, Walter McCarty, and there might have been one more. So he had all these <laughs> Kentucky <laughs> players. And they were like, well, the worst teams in the NBA. It's like, no, dude, you won a championship at the Pee Wee League level. You're not winning <laughs> with professionals. They can see right through this stuff. And, uh, and, and, and so with Coach Prime, it's interesting because here you have Travis Hunter, superstar, played both ways in high school. Uh, it went to HBCU, played both ways, superstar. Now you're doing this at the top of college football, and you're starting to see the holes in the process, and 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 what has uh, what what could be critiqued as an inability to adapt. And then when you sort of think about this uh, this idea of 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 what the whole prime time persona means, right? It represents mm-hmm. this uh, admirable level of confidence. Uh, and and I'm sure he, uh, you know Coach Prime. He, he was he was a great player to me because he didn't just talk to talk. He walked the walk. He he backed it up. You know. He I think the first week he played uh, as an as a pro athlete. I think he hit a home run in the World Series and then <laughs> and then went and, like ran a punt back for a touchdown the same yeah, week. Right, which is crazy, right? So so here's what I'm here's what I'm getting at, right? So here you have a 50 year old man. Who is a leader of young men who are you know between 18 and 24? Um, this 50-year-old man is talking to talk because he's walked a walk. He yes, understands sir. what it means to back your words up. He can he can say it because he did it. Everybody saw it. These kids ain't done shit, right? <laughs> they they, I mean, seriously, like you know, you 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 know, you you got yo know, Shador got Tom Brady on the text. You didn't earn the right to talk to Tom Brady. Your daddy did. He's talking to you out of respect for your daddy. Because all you the best thing you did was you beat Colorado State. Tom Brady does not respect that. There's no player ever who can say, I beat Colorado State, so I expect Tom (laughs) Brady to want to be my best friend. (laughs) Tom Brady don't want Super Bowls. You know what I mean? Right? Right? Same thing. The other players, right? Here's what I'm getting at. I want everybody to understand what I'm saying, is that when you're talking about uh, the, the Flash, the flash has to be backed by the substance. Mm. And, uh, and 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 until you back the flash with the substance, you have to have enough humility to respect the process. I don't believe that a 20-year-old played at the University of Colorado who's driving a Bentley because he got an NIL deal is it has has any track record to back the amount of flash. That he might carry out onto the field, thinking that he's the next Coach Prime. Do you understand? Like, like Coach Prime done. He has fought the battles. He done been through the wars. He had to go. You know, he had to work to become the best high school player. Then he had to work to become the best at the top of college football, championship level shit. Then he had to go be one of the top of the Dallas Cowboys and to become legendary at, at the NFL level. So he's bringing Michael Irvin and and all these superstars who are superstars because they fought the wars. And these young guys are like, oh, I'm going to just, I can be like him if I just talk like him or walk like him or wear the same sunglasses as him. And, and and this is a problem, right? I think that for young guys, there's like a balance that I think you have to help them understand, like, you ain't done nothing yet, man. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's like, um, you know, when I was 21, I was at UK and I University of Kentucky and I had good grades and I'd done this and this. And I remember my father saying, he's like, you ain't done shit. You ain't, you do not know nothing about the battles that a man has to fight to really be successful. So you better stay humble. So I'm almost thinking that the the downside of the coach prime persona, if you're embracing that as a 20 year old, is that you're, you're doing what I, what I see a lot of rappers do. Like almost like what they, you know, the term studio gangster,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: or you, you think that you're a gangster because you're rapping like a gangster, but you've never really done any gangster shit. Right, you know what I mean? Like, like you really have, because because here's the thing, um, it, it, it's uh, it's like uh, with, with war, I think soldiers get offended by this too. Uh, you know, I, I've always said that no politician should be allowed to uh declare war in another country unless you've actually fought in a war. The people who fought in the wars have been humbled by the process, so yeah. they they don't want to go to war. They understand what it takes. A person who ain't never done it is doing a whole lot of yapping. Because they don't understand. So I, I really think that with Colorado, they're learning, the young guys are learning a lesson in humility. Like you better respect the game. And, and, and until you can go out and you can beat the Oregons and the teams that have really put in the work, maybe you tone down, like Shador, you know, showing his watch and taunting the <laughs> taunting the opposition and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, okay, you, 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 you do that. You do understand what that comes with. I don't think he, I don't think these guys understand it. I really don't.
1: Well, if they didn't. If they didn't, they figured it out now. I mean, like, it's easy to go and taunt Nebraska and taunt Arizona State, you know, these teams that combined have won like two games the whole season. But then you play teams like UCLA and they go and they hit you 17 times. They knock you down 13 times. They sack you seven times. And your coach is so mad that he basically just calls out his whole offensive line after the game, even though they got a block for you five more games. And so, like, yeah, if you didn't know then, you definitely know now because I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not in that offensive line room. They could take it one of two ways. They could take Coach Prime's criticism and say, you know what? Coach is right. We need to tighten up. We need to do better. We got to go out here and try to perform at that level that he wants us to perform. But I, I played football, and I know for every person that thinks like that, There's two or three people that think like, man, forget what he's talking about. All right, you don't think I'm trying? Or watch, this is what it looks like when I don't try. You think he got hit a bunch of times? Maybe his hits double the next game. Maybe Mm -hmm. instead of getting sacked seven times, you get sacked ten times or Mm twelve times. Instead of getting knocked down 13 times, you get knocked down 15 times or 18 times. Why don't you put in one of those guys that... That is supposed one of my backups. Then, if I'm so bad, put in my backup. Because, you know, there's people with these type of mindset. They're like, you call me out instead of rising to the criticism. They're they'll shrinking to it, too. People can fall, you know, can go to that level, too. They can be petty. Just like they may find that being petty towards them by doing them like that in public with your platform, knowing that this will be seen by millions of people. Okay. Okay. you You don't think I'm trying to do my job? Watch what it looks like when I actually don't try to do my job and, th-
0: and, and that is a us. great that's an excellent point you make i'm gonna I'm tell you i'm gonna I'm drop some game on everybody and i hope people will hear what i'm saying is that the reason you got to be careful about being flashy is that sometimes when you are overly flashy and uh focus on yourself it can become very disrespectful to the people around you it, it can it can you know you think that you're celebrating the greatness of, of this thing called you but you're part of a group And uh, and it can make you look like a narcissist and people don't like narcissists, you know, and and I think that with Coach Prime and I'm not saying he's doing this or not, you can make that decision. But I think when you're saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at how great I am. You're doing kind of what the rappers do. That's why people like that. They like the rap culture and rappers. uh, I'm going to tell you the number one thing that got on my nerves when I was on the phone with Kanye West is that I said, this Negro is really convinced that he's the most important person on the planet. (laughs) Like he really thinks that. Uh, like and what that does is that means he had no respect for what I the hard work I put in to do the things I've done. You're talking to me. I'm a, I'm another man, grown man your age. And you're talking to me like I'm a fucking kid. That's not going to fly. I'm not going to talk to you like that. Like, look, I, I respect your greatness. You, you're a great man. I'm a great man. We can be great together. You know, and, and there's a, there's so there's an approach to say, look, I'm great. You're great. We're all great. Let's be great as a team versus saying I'm great because I'm better than you. I'm the man because you're not the man. Well, some men fold to that. Weak men will say, yeah, you're right. You're the man, dog. You're the man. You got it. bro. You got it. But a lot of men, real men are going to be like, OK, well, let's just wait, wait till you get caught slipping. Wait till you turn your back, you know, and then next thing you know, you don't have any al- true allies around you because you have been feeding yourself. You've been feasting yourself. You and your son are feasting on the attention and you letting everybody else starve. You know, and, and uh, dr- drug dealers get killed over that. They, they Smart drug dealers even know that, that when you're eating good, you better make sure everybody around you is eating good. And if you're getting respect, you better make sure everybody around you is getting respect because if, if they see you eating good and they're starving, then you're going to become their next meal. And I think that with Coach Prime dealing with this shitty offensive line, we know how bad they are. Uh, they don't need to be told <clears throat> how bad they are. They know that how bad they are. And if they're dedicated to their craft, they're probably stressing out about this already. There's there's a more diplomatic approach to addressing this. Like, in fact, they say when you run a company, you should never criticize your employees in front of other people. You should you should give criticism. You get praise in public. You give criticism in private, because if you give criticism in public and it's too harsh. Then you're going to demoralize your whole organization. So, mm-hmm. what Coach Prime should have done, in my opinion, is said, "You know what? I love these guys. I'm behind the offensive line. I believe they can do better. Uh, We're going to work on it in practice. That's a private matter." And then you get into a private room and you chew their asses out. Come on, guys! You can do better than this. This is this is not who we are. Whatever, right? And maybe in the back of your mind, you're thinking, "Okay, at the end of the season, I'm going to replace all you, mo- all your, all mm-hmm. your motherfuckers going to be gone." Right? <laughs> That's fine, but you don't have to announce that. And you don't announce it in public because remember. Even the worst player on Colorado's football team had to bust his ass in order to get there. He had That's to exactly. sacrifice a lot to get there. He had to be great just to get there. You know how great you got to be just to be a college athlete? Jeff, did you play college football? when No, go? sir. And I no shot. And had I no in. shot. Right. <laughs> so think about this, man. My whole life, I've been winning championships. I've been all city. I've been, you know, what I, mean? I got all the girls. And now you talking to me like I'm a scrub? Oh, no. Not acceptable. So I, I just think that 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 and that's where I, I I'll just say like there has to be a speed break that we put up when you're talking about how far you go with with this overconfidence and greater than thou and like you know superstarism you know superhero persona because you can end up insulting people around you and and not even know it and, and that that was that that's one of the things I, I don't like about hip hop culture is I, I just think that it's okay to be humble and respectful of others. And I don't know if that comment was entirely respectful. I'm going to let you get the last word, man. Uh, what, what What are your final thoughts on this? Uh, we we I've, I've, I've kept you for way too long. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, uh, Doc, you're absolutely right. And especially especially just to the kind of piggyback on that point you just made, it's especially harsh when you're making that and you're calling these people out and you're doing all that. When you brought those folks there to Colorado, you got to remember, Prime mm. replaced 90% of his roster. You can't replace 90% of a roster with just receivers and running backs and quarterback. Like that includes linemen as well. So the guys that are on this offensive line you said were good enough to come play for you at Colorado. And that wasn't the case for everybody. So to come out and just be like, "Yo, this, these guys are suck." Well, that is a reflection of the coaching staff because the coaching staff which includes you are the ones who brought those offensive linemen there to Colorado. So they were good enough to play for you before the season. Now we're getting into the season. Now it's all their fault. Well, it's got to be some, you know, it's it's hand in hand. It's got to go some on the coaching staff as well. So that is another thing that bothered people, and then and, I, and rightfully so, because it wasn't like the the kids picked themselves. No, you picked the kids and said they were good enough to block for my team, block for my quarterback, back, block for my son. Uh, and and like I said, when you when you're doing that at that stage, when you're doing that at that level, and here's the thing: any coach can call out their team, call out. a a specific group or whatever and it's never great but it'll get a little bit of traction everything that comes out of Deion sanders mouth at a press conference is is magnified times a hundred thousand not magnified times 10 not magnified times 20 or a a thousand a hundred thousand easily like his press conferences they literally post his press conferences on Fox Sports social media, espns They don't do that for Nick Saban. They don't do that for Ryan Day at Ohio State. They don't do that for Jim Harbaugh. They don't do that for nobody else in the country. His full segments. Only people that post coaches full segment press conferences after games are like the local TV stations in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or in Ann Arbor, Michigan, or in Columbus, Ohio. Not Fox Sports. Not ESPN. You get what I'm saying? So his stuff is going to be seen and viewed and reached millions and millions more people than the average big-time college football coach. And so that's why it matters that much more what you say and what you put out there in the public, especially when it in regards to your team, when it's tough criticism, when you wouldn't do the same if it was your quarterback, when you wouldn't do the same if it was Travis Hunter, when you wouldn't do the same if it was certain individuals on the exact same team. So that type of stuff very really matters, and these kids understand that.
0: Man, you you made a good point right there. I don't know. I'll be curious to know what everybody else thinks. I mean, do you think that Coach Prime would have been vocal in public with his criticism if it had been Shador, or if it had been Travis Hunter? The answer is no. I don't, I don't think he would have been. And and I just think you got to figure out what serves your purpose. Um, it, it's not to say his criticisms was, was inaccurate. I what I have found actually um, from from kind of leading people is that most of the time. When somebody tries to do a good job and they suck at it, they already know that they messed up. You know, and 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 you have to kinda understand that when sometimes when you come in, you think that as the boss, that if I the more I yell at you, the better you're gonna do. You're, sometimes you're only making things worse. You're only making them that much more nervous and insecure, or whatever. So you got to decide what you're trying to get out of somebody, right? You know. And I'm Coach Prime. I'm talking to a bunch of twenty-year-olds. You know. And remember, it's different. It's not like old-school college football where you're talking to mm-hmm. a bunch of broke twenty-year-olds who have no options. You're talking to twenty-year-olds who are driving sports cars and living in nice big houses and. And, uh, and make him money, you know, and have options. They can go to other schools, you know, these other schools that are saying, hey, you know, you should have came to our school instead of Colorado. Right. So you have to motivate them in a different way uh, where you I think I think respect. I, I don't know why. I don't know if anybody agrees or disagrees with this, but I really think that respect is important, especially when you're dealing with confident men. And then also you have to decide what am I really trying to do with this person and and every person is different. Some people, if you go and you beat them up and bash on them, that they're they're gonna come back stronger and better. Some people are just gonna break down, you know, and lose all confidence. You know, like Coach prime's mad at me, and I I suck, I'm terrible, or or f him, I'm mad at him mm-hmm. now because he hurt my feelings. And and you have to know, you know, then this is where people skills come into play. And what I have found is that people who are very um, you know, who could be full of themselves or seem that way, they're not always real good at at reading the room, you know, like empathizing with how other people feel, you know? And like I said, if you ever want to, if anybody ever want to ask me why I got tired of talking to Kanye West, that was why it was like, (laughs) you're you're completely devoid of understanding any emotion in this room other than your own. I don't like people like that. And I don't have to be here. I, I, you know, I, I did, I, I, we, we did have that conversation where I said, dude, I don't want your money. I know how to make money. I'm fine. I don't, I don't have your Adidas deal. Like, but, I, I know I'm okay. Like, I don't need to be here. What do you want? Like, you know, and and, and it's kind of, um. And, and so I just really think Coach Prime, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out. How about this? I, I'll end on this note. I hope he, that the rest of the season goes well for mm-hmm. for them. Uh, I think that there's a lot of potential there. Uh, I think you and I both can see. I'm not even a football expert like you, Jeff, but I can see if they get that offensive line, I think that it becomes a whole different story. You know, yes. the offensive line in a better running game, I think they become a whole different team. Uh, I also think they have a tough road because that is a tough conference from what I'm gathering. Am I correct about that?
1: Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, Probably looking, the best looking, conference in the country this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for yeah. your confirmation, but that looks like a real tough conference. And, uh and, and, and I think he's also, remember he's also uh, worth a lot of money. Coach prime that, that has not changed. I think any school that hires him, it's probably going to have to figure out how they're going to get this man 30, $40 million a year. And he's worth it because attention is a commodity. Media attention, All that's a commodity. Uh, I don't know if he's proven himself yet though, to be uh, a great high level coach, right? So if you are uh, running an organization that really wants to have great coaching and win big games at a high level, I think that that is a different decision from saying, do we want a coach who could just bring in revenue? He'll bring in your revenue. But I don't know. he. I don't think he's proven that he's really at that Nick Saban-ish kind of coaching level. I mean, am I right about that, or what do you think?
1: No, no, that's, that's absolutely correct. I mean, at the two championship games, like the national championship games they played at Jackson State, they lost. You know, so you could say whatever you want about them, but at the end of the day, they lost. So you haven't been able to prove that you were that level of a coach like you said when everything else you are that level you're probably exceeded that level when it comes to making your university money bringing the attention bringing the eyeballs bringing the celebrities but when it comes to just you know x's and O's can you win the big game he hasn't been able to prove that just yet
0: well, you know what? Um, well, let's see, let's see how it goes. And uh, I see Keenan says he's not getting $20 million a year, boys. I think actually he's getting $5 million a year from Colorado plus some extra bonuses and perks, I think. I, I don't know what the structure of that. But also, I imagine endorsement-wise, he's probably making another 5 or $10 million at least, I'm sure. Easily. And, and, then, and then his next deal. I think his next deal, you know, I don't know. If I'm looking at this as a finance guy. Mathematically speaking, I would be shocked. It, it, put it this way: if I'm running a big university that's got you know the ability to raise a lot of money, I'm sitting here thinking I, I'm 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 ecstatic if I can get him for less than 25 million a year. Mm. You know, just based on what he's going to bring. Because when people can do math and they're they're looking, the Colorado's made 300 million or at least a quarter billion. I think they made a quarter billion as of last week. Uh, if you add up the TV coverage and all that, they're going to make a they're going to make close to a billion dollars off him this year. So if I'm trying even more
1: than that, Doc, not to just cut you off, but Colorado, they were actually because the Pac-12 is dying, right? Like the Pac-12, they're literally all their teams left for different conferences. And Colorado was able to find a landing spot because all of this conference realignment in college sports is all based off football. But Colorado was easily picked up by a different conference simply because Deion Sanders was their head football coach. Like, that doesn't happen if Deion Sanders, because the Big 12, which is the new conference they'll be in next year, understood the value of having a program like Colorado in their conference with Deion Sanders. Because, like I said, when you have, like, conferences care about numbers. They don't really care about anything else. They care about money, revenue, numbers. And Mm -hmm. when you have four of the top ten games, as far as viewership this season, Including the number one game, Oregon versus Colorado, which had over 10 million people. That's what the conferences see. Because those 10 million eyeballs will now be coming to their conference. Those 10 million eyeballs will now be a part of the Big Ten. And those four of the top Mm. 10 games will now be associated with their conference as opposed to somebody else. Because the numbers aren't going to go down next year for Colorado. They're probably going to increase because they're going to have a better team and they're going to a weaker conference. And so, therefore, Mm. they're winning more games. And so, therefore, because they're winning, more people will tune in. And that is where those four games in the top 10 may turn into five, may turn into six, may, might have six of the top 10 games, most watched games in the entire country. And that in itself is worth 30 million alone.
0: Mm -hmm. That in itself is
1: worth 30 million alone or more.
0: (laughs) There you go. Right. So there we go. If anybody ever wonders why a finance professor would find this interesting, it's because not, I'm not just a black man and a football fan, but, but it's all about the money. It's always about the money. So uh, if you want to understand what's going on, follow the damn money. And uh, Coach Prime's going to get a lot of it, and he deserves every penny of it. Um, and I still like the guy. I, I just, But but, but this season, woo, it's been fun to watch. All right, <laughs> so thank you all for watching. By the way, you can follow Jeff at jlightse7. jlightse7. Follow Jeff. He knows sports. If you like sports, you like the debate about sports issues, he will fight you on Twitter. So, uh, <laughs> so hop, hop and follow him on Twitter at JLightC7. And also uh, my website is BoyceWatkins.com. There's lots of free stuff there. If your goal is to understand economics at a higher level, uh, you, you guys know my background. You know what I do. And my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's an Amazon bestseller, and it's also available now on Audible. So uh feel free to go take a look at that. And last but not least, we are on Spotify and Apple. So if you look up uh, Boyce Voice Walkins on Spotify and Apple. You can find the podcast there. So thank you uh, very much to our guest, Jeff Lightsey Jr. And uh, thank you all for hanging out with us. Uh, We appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Take care. Talk to you soon. Peace.